Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hi. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today we're discussing Season 5, Episode 1, My Bad. On this episode, no time has passed since the end of Season 4, except where it has. Quinn thinks Elliot is more upset about Rita than Dexter. Dexter disagrees about what Rita can do to some random guy's Dabtista. And Dexter is late for Rita's burial, but he wrote a eulogy somehow. What did you guys think of this episode overall? Um, it's, uh, it's something. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to have faith in the, uh, the continuation of the story, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of threw me for a loop for most of the episode. I wasn't too impressed by anything, nor do I remember that much about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a season opener for uh, uh, five. <laughs> I thought it was just okay, and that's a stretch to say okay. Um, there were some things that were good. I thought some of the performances were great, um, but it was just a, it, it could have been so much better, and it should have been so much better. This is this is as good as it gets post season four. <laughs> like, this this episode, you know, it wasn't great. It it's definitely it's definitely strange because this is the time that Michael C. Hall was uh, just coming off of his chemo treatment, and so uh, lots he, of wigs, lots of wigs. He he mm. looked very weak. It was a uh, it was very strange. Um, it was just all right. They had a year. I, Go ahead. Well, can I just ask up top? Was it even necessary to do like a, an exact continuation for the story? It's almost like they they just didn't know how to handle not only the cancer uh, treatments and whatnot with Michael C. Hall, but just like where to go with what they were left behind. And then it's like, why don't you just jump forward in time six years and just give us a new story or something and be like, this happened in the meantime. Da, 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 da. Here we go. You know, if it had been done right, it could have really worked and brought a lot of emotional heft and, you know, built a lot of story and they could have done it really well. It would have made sense, but it was just so badly done and so phoned in that, they should have just skipped it rather than to do a bad job of it. Yeah, it's... So they had at least a year, and probably more than a year, because I, I believe this season was the one that was delayed the most by Michael C. Hall's illness, that they couldn't start shooting as soon as they normally would have. So not only did we see Rita suddenly die in the final minute of season four... But then we had to wait extra, extra long for the resolution of that. And I think, you know, a lot of people came to the realization pretty quickly that there's no revenge for Dexter to get. Trinity's already dead. Um, Rita's dead. You know, where can they go from this? Where can they go from here on this? The decision to, after that long in real time, essentially pick up right where they left off. Um, 
only makes sense, only works if they have a really good idea for what to do with that. And the really good idea for what to do with that was Dexter saying that he killed Rita. And having that be an arc. Having that be a storyline. Um, they don't do it. They just kind of hint at it. And then everybody sweeps it under the rug. And like that doesn't become the official answer. And <laughs> I mean, that only hangs over his head for this episode. Um, so they don't really... That part of it doesn't really make sense. Meanwhile... They don't. Uh, they don't have enough storyline or enough ideas to pause all of the rest of the characters, and so with everybody except Dexter and the kids, it feels like months have gone by since yeah. the last episode. The pacing of that is so bizarre. It's it's really messy. Yeah, like De- Deb and Quinn seem to be pretty much over their traumas, which was just like the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Qu- uh, LaGuerta and Batista are further along in their relationship than they were last time we saw them. Like, everyone has moved on, but it's it's literally the next day as far as the story's concerned. And so... It's it's very very strange. Um, very carelessly written. Yes, and it becomes clear very quickly that, uh, you know, they did have a bunch of people leave the show after season four. Uh, most notably, the showrunner and the head writer. So that talent is completely gone, and you know what the show's going to be going forward. This season has a showrunner that doesn't stay after this one season. So the direction that the show goes for this one season isn't really consistent with how it goes forward from here. Um, I think season six is actually an attempt to go back to kind of the way things were pre-Rita's death a little bit. Um, But yeah, getting into season five itself... uh, it's I, I talked about this a little bit at the end of at the end of season four about how um, one of the things that really irritates me about what they did with seasons five uh, is that they write the kids out almost immediately. Uh, Dexter being a single parent is is just never ever an issue for him. He never has to juggle that ball ever again, and he doesn't have to juggle the ball of being in a relationship with Rita again. And so, for Dexter, this is actually a great thing. It puts him back on track to just be the, you know, killer of the episode storylines if they want to do that again. Which I really thought was the direction they were going to take when this came back. Like, that was the only logic in my mind of killing off Rita. Was to, to reset the show. And it, they didn't. Well, they do. Yeah. They certainly do. <laughs> Just in a very it's, odd it's, way. By by episode three, by season five, episode three, the show is reset. Mm-hmm. The kids are gone. Rita is gone. Like Dexter is back to season one or two. Dexter, like a full reset, uh, but not taking the story in a interesting direction. Yeah, it's like yeah. a side story. 
I think if people are listening to this podcast, they'll be like, well, I guess I don't even need to go any further with this season. <laughs> we just summed it all up before we even started the first episode. Zach, you you agreed to do this? You're, you're sticking with us to the end, buddy. Now that Zach knows where the part. I got tricked into this whole ridiculousness. Uh, I want my money back. There's only 48 episodes left. So, okay. Uh, oh, God. So the episode starts in the aftermath of Dexter discovering Rita. He's on his front lawn as the police arrive straight ahead. In his monologue, he claims to have seen 67 people die. The police enter the house and find Rita dead in the bathtub. Deb arrives in time to keep the police away uh, from taking Harrison. Dexter hands the baby to her and says, Rita's inside. It was me. Okay, I want to point something out I noticed. This Harrison looked totally different than the Harrison from the other episode. Yeah, well, of course. I yeah. noticed that's right. Yeah. Like, but then he's back again, though. So it's like they're trading off Harrisons. They don't even have the same eye color. One's chubbier than the other. It's not like... Yep. It's it's so obvious. Well, I mean, by this point, the the first Harrison would be... What? Like three years old. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then... But they switch off different Harrisons in this one and jumping ahead. But the next one, it's two different Harrisons I caught a few times. And not yeah. like twin babies playing the part like different kids. They kind of did that in the bathroom at the end of season four as well. If you slow it down and kind of watch the different cuts they make, like there's different blood on the floor. There's a different baby sitting there. Sometimes he's crying. Sometimes he's just perfectly fine and happy. So oh, lazy. At yeah. least it's not the American sniper baby. <laughs> that's, that's true. The doll. <laughs> yeah. Did he? I mean, uh, clearly when he was said it was me. I mean, did you think he was intending? Because, like Dale, you said that there's a direction he could have gone where he took blame for it. Um, but I think wasn't it more like this? It seemed more like uh, survivor's guilt. It was. I felt it was more like him starting to say it was my fault. Like, this is right. I caused this. Yeah. yeah. Um, the way he said it, it was me, was yeah. essentially saying it like that, but weird, yeah. But, like, it, what if he would have taken, I guess, responsibility for it? Or even saying that just points him out as a suspect, I guess, because, he, you know, multiple people come over to him and they're like, oh, I heard the dude say it was him. Yeah, the FBI, I mean, puts him on their suspect list. Yeah. And that hangs over his head. And, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that could have been part of the series arc. He could have gone to jail. He could have been interrogated for a while. Um, he could have had long talks with Harry about whether or not he should just give up and tell him who he is. That kind of stuff. I'm not saying it would have mm -hmm. been an interesting season, um, but that's a direction well, he kills, they could have gone. He could... He could kill in jail. He could he could do all kinds of yeah. damage in there. <laughs> I don't know. That, that could have been interesting. <laughs> I would watch yeah. that. That actually isn't a bad idea. And the, the corrections officers are the only things worse than Miami Metro because even with cameras and locked doors, they can't figure out that it's Dexter killing everyone. <laughs> right. uh, that sounds like the show we should write. <laughs> it would be better than what it's doing right now. But no, and I would take the it was me. I would take it as he's in shock, and he it's he's saying it's my fault. And he's still in shock, but then the shock theory doesn't really tie into when he calls in and he's reporting it too. So the nine one one call doesn't 
really coincide with his actions in this scene either. It's just disjointed like everything in this episode. Well, the 911 calls there to to show how emotionless he is about it. Um, compared to like Elliot next door and that stuff. We'll get into that too. But uh, yeah. yeah, so Masuka and Quinn are working the crime scene. Masuka mentions Trinity's MO, but Quinn points out that Trinity never left a married woman in a bathtub. Masuka says first time for everything. Angel and LaGuardia arrive. Masuka starts to tell them about the estimated time of death, but they leave. LaGuardia says they need to be supportive of Dexter. She's turning the case over to the FBI because they're handling Trinity. The FBI talk to Dexter and ask him why he said it was him. Deb and LaGuardia cut off the interview and tell the FBI to schedule an appointment. Dexter and Harrison go to Deb's apartment. She asks him what he meant about it being him. Quinn and Masuka are listening to Dexter's overly clinical 9-11 call. Uh, Angel tells them to stop. Quinn mentions that the next-door neighbor, Elliot, was more upset over it than Dexter was. Like, where it comes... This is, yeah. Sorry, this is like that first sense of um, Quinn uh, not being... I was, what I'm trying to say. Like, he starts investigating Dexter, essentially. Like, he starts putting pieces together that have always been there that nobody else could see. You know? You know, had it had it not been for him being super petty uh, over taking the money from the, the bust last season and Dexter saying that he was a dirty cop, had it not been for that scene, I would have just accepted this as him doing his job. Yeah. But because of that, it it just seems like he's got a vendetta. I don't think the writers uh, even remember that yeah. that whole thing happened, <laughs> that whole pettiness happened. Because they I sure didn't. <laughs> they've they've essentially turned Quinn into um a somewhat effective instinctual detective. Yeah. But He's which like, is different from last 2. season. But we can't forget that. Like, well, I forgot it. That. <laughs> I, 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 was like, I was like, interesting point, Aaron. I totally didn't see the the uh, intent on that uh, because I didn't care about that plot line. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I watch this and I think these actors are all playing characters with the same names as they were before, but none of their backstory matters anymore. It's all yeah. it's all new. It's all fresh. Yeah, I mean, I could see what you're saying, Aaron, for sure. But then at the same time, I'm like, it just seemed like he was just trying to be a good detective. Like, he just didn't even give a shit about that stuff. And I really think that was what they're aiming for. But, you know, having it fresh on my mind, I still remember this. So to me, it sounds like a vendetta. (laughs) Yeah. I think all anyone remembered by the time season five aired was that Rita died. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. LaGuerta comes in and tells them again to stop working on Rita. It's the FBI's case. Angel leaves with her. Quinn says Angel should have taken her on a honeymoon. Um, So my note here, their marriage is public knowledge now in the zero amount of time since last season. Somehow, Miami Metro just knows about Angel and LaGuerta. Also, like, they just got married. When when were they going to do a honeymoon? Like, what are you talking about? They were right. married yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last night. <laughs> yeah, legit, like, Dexter is the witness of the marriage the day he kills Trinity, right? The day that Rita dies. Yeah. 
That's how inconsistent this is. It's all within at least 24 to 48 hours, which is madness. Right. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, like, they've all got tans. Their, their wardrobes have changed since the last season. Like, it's all ridiculous. Yeah, I thought it's. I thought I was gonna see Baptista wear like a leather vest or something. I was like, <laughs> it just might as well. <laughs> well, like Quinn's got a whole different wardrobe style now. Like he's yeah. he's wearing like more sort of, I don't know, like shiny shirts and stuff. Um, Asuka tells Quinn he saw Rita and Elliot kiss at Thanksgiving. Dexter gets a call from Paul's parents, Astra and Rita. Astra and Cody want to talk to Dexter and Rita. Uh, Dexter, which this moment I think is really good. Uh, Dexter tells Astra she's in the shower. Deb tells Paul's mom to bring the kids to his apartment instead of going to the house. So this is like, this is pure Dexter ridiculousness of, he didn't even think about like, oh, that's right. Rita has kids that are going to come back (laughs) at some point. Um, So Deb asks why he didn't say anything about Rita. Dexter says he wants them to have one more good day. Deb has been looking into funeral arrangements. Dexter and Deb go to a funeral parlor. Dexter sort of wanders away and goes into another funeral down the hall while Deb starts working through a list with the funeral director. <laughs> I started laughing so hard <laughs> at this point because I was like, what is happening? Where, what, where do, is, is he going back to six feet under? I don't understand yeah. what's going on. I had that thought too. He should have. That was yeah. a better show. <laughs> and this would have been a good time to do it too. Uh, they just change it, and it's all just him back in six feet under. <laughs> That's Crazy. when he decided to become a funeral director, and then it went back to yeah. yeah. Now he has to deal with Harry and the dead dad from six feet under talking to him all the time. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, does. We're coming up with a lot of idea. really good crossover ideas tonight. As bad as this is, we're coming up with some really good ideas. That does seem to be a theme of Michael C. Hall, though. Dead dads talking to him. Well, they didn't talk to him in Six Feet Under. They talked to Krause's character, but yeah. Uh, There's a flashback to Dexter and Rita's first blind date. Dexter and Rita get to know each other. Dexter jokingly asks Deb, asks if Deb told her that he's an axe murderer. Uh, Dexter zones out and focuses on a man he's been following at the other end of the restaurant. I think this whole, like, uh, the flashback sequences were, like, on the verge of being well done. Um, I, I, they split it up so much, and there's so little information in them, but I think it was really just a way for, like, them to actually send off Julie Benz a little bit more than they did. So she gets at least yeah. one more, uh, one more episode to to say goodbye to the character. Yeah, I agree. I I was like, oh, this is nice that they're bringing her back in for these flashbacks. I, you know, it, they're good moments to just for us to say goodbye. I think as an audience to her, um, but her to also just shine one last time. And uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know if I really. I'm a big fan of flashbacks in general, but uh, I thought it did work well here and I was happy to see it. Well, and it shows like the thing that shows me um, or the way it works from a story perspective is to show how far Dexter has come because of Rita. 
right? Like he's not really even paying attention to her on that first date. He's he's dating her as a cover almost to to spy on the target that he's after, and he he up and leaves her uh, in the middle of the date to go kill the guy. But that's sort of the we knew the genesis of their uh, their relationship was because Deb sort of set them up on this blind date and the whole uh, the whole coda to that being that they they have that phone conversation where they you know say they do want to see each other again and they actually did want to say a proper goodbye to each other which is a, mm-hmm. a double meaning thing just like good job writers you get yeah. like a you get like a fifth grade a plus <laughs> Something right. Uh, Deb pulls Dexter out of the wake he's crashing. She's made many of the decisions already. Dexter doesn't know if there's a particular dress he wants Rita in, so Deb says she'll find one. Deb meets Quinn at Dexter's house. Deb has decided to clean the bloody bathroom herself and has enlisted Quinn (laughs) against his will to help her, basically. And Quinn's just like, really? We're going to do this now? Yeah. They got people that do this. Yeah. And he's all dressed up for work. He's just like, oh, god damn it. All right, fine. <laughs> I kind of like where the Quinn and Deb thing is going. I'm enjoying their little banter. I like Quinn in this season so far. They did a good job of matching them up this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they, they bring Quinn to Deb's level, um, which they hadn't really done before. Well, yeah, if you take out, like, the first four seasons, like this is seemingly trying to do, Quinn is great. Yeah, Quinn's a new character. Yeah, they're they're all, they're pretty much all new characters. <laughs> I can't it's a completely different Quinn. I think I said this yeah. before in the I last hour. I can't accept this. I mean, I, I gotta say that yeah, like even Deb's motivations are really kind and good, and you're just like, oh, this is a nice Deb. I like yeah. this Deb. Desmond Harrington is playing a new character who also happens to be named <laughs> Quinn and is a detective with Miami Metro. <laughs> Has Deb said fuck once yet? <laughs> like, I don't think she has. There are? I don't think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a total new show. Like, yeah. I, I'm seeing it with brand new eyes right now. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre world. The Shonda Rhimes has written this one. Uh, so after a cleaning montage, Quinn says, For this much blood, we usually call Dexter. Deb says that she's not used to being the strong one for Dexter. Quinn says that he thinks she's always been the strong one. Deb breaks down and tells Quinn that she can't even tell what Dexter's thinking. Deb starts kissing Quinn. He asks her what she's doing. She says she doesn't know and proceeds to strip down and straddle him on the floor. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good way to Classic Deb. go about it. <laughs> yeah. See, and now we're back to old Deb. Yeah. It's fun. <sighs> Well, she says, I don't know. And she says it very, a little cautiously and sensually, as opposed to shut the fuck up, let's fuck. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she's classed you know. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that happens. Uh, Paul's parents, Cody and Astra, show up and beat on the apartment door until Dexter opens it. The kids have mouse ears personalized for Dexter and Rita. Astra asks where Rita is. Dexter says she's not here and has them sit down. He says something bad happened to Rita. A man came into their house and killed her. He then says, sorry for your loss. 
Um, Aster oh. snatches the mouse ears off his head that he's been wearing while he's been telling them all this. <laughs> Dexter finds her out by some cars. Aster uh. accuses Dexter of not even caring that Rita is dead. She asks him where he was. Where was he when someone was killing her mom? Dexter wishes he could go back and fix it. Aster wishes her mom had never met Dexter. She wishes that Dexter were dead. I actually really liked this scene because Aster did a really good job, I thought. <laughs> yeah, Aster. She was great, but I thought it was just it was just weird. I, it didn't it just didn't I don't know, it was weird to me. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I, I think the parents handled it very strangely. They, I think they, they handled did. it strangely from the phone call. It just being like, okay, I mean, just the whole like come over to the apartment instead of the house. Like, what? What do you? I, if I was the parents, I'd be like, why do you still have an apartment? Why is your sister's <laughs> apartment like there? I don't know. There was just yeah, it's semantics, but it's irritating me. Yeah, no, it was weird. It didn't ring emotionally true at all. It. I mean, yeah. yeah, I know that kind of shock is going to be different for everybody, sure. But it just was, it felt so just forced that they were just, okay, we need to have Aster blame Dexter, even though there's absolutely no reason for her to even think that, just so we can up Dexter's guilt. So here's my, like, my hindsight quarterback uh, reasoning for why this is happening, like the way it's happening. If they were better about treating Aster like a character, which the show's never been good at doing. But if they were better at treating Aster like a character, these would be things, these would be reactions and conversations that she would have with Dexter over a longer period of time. This would start out with shock. She wouldn't be so aware of Dexter's emotional state or lack of emotional state right away. But it would get to her because she's growing up and she's aware of these sorts of things. Like part of Aster's character development has been that she's starting to become something of a teenager and something of like she calls Dexter on his bullshit um, sort of thing. And because she's only got <laughs> this episode and the next one, they cram it. They try to just cram it all in there. And give Christina Robinson like four episodes worth of dialogue in two. And it comes across as like, it comes across like she's been sitting in the van coming up with what to say to him this whole time when instead she just found out that her mother died. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of a reaction in a very short time frame right after hearing it. Like, that's a good way to put it. Like, she, like she had been processing it for hours rather yes. than just, I had like, 30 seconds and these are all of my feelings. Yeah. Short of her having, like, a long-term vendetta against Dexter, she doesn't have this immediate reaction to it. This is something that takes a few days for her to come up with and be upset with him about. Um. So that's why I think it feels so forced and weird and and like the Paul's parents who've like I don't think have ever even been on screen before are just sort of there. So like, we didn't even know they existed until what the last the second episode. Yeah, it was like the last second to last episode of of season four that Rita mentioned them. That they want it like suddenly they want to take the kids to Disneyland, but but and but then that that comes in. Uh, 
she says, but you told us to go to Disneyland. <laughs> or Disney World. <laughs> yeah. You told us to go to Disney World. Like, Dexter never did that. Rita yeah. did. Or actually, y'all called. Like, yeah, they what is wanted happening? this. And Rita decided to have the honeymoon with Harrison, which was a terrible <laughs> idea. This still a terrible idea. I'm sorry you're dead, Rita, but you're still making terrible decisions about taking an infant to your honeymoon. Like, it's just not going to work. No writer that worked on this episode saw the show previous to this. That's not true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That the Seems that way, thing, though. It really does. Oh, wait a minute. That is true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, son. <laughs> this, this episode and the finale were written by the season five showrunner, who only exists for season five. So that that Ooh. is correct. <laughs> so there's a shot of Deb laying on the floor next to Quinn. She gets up and puts a shirt on. She berates Quinn for watching her get dressed. She goes into Rita's room to look for a dress. Quinn walks in naked and she asks him to cover up. Quinn is quizzical about the stack of dresses Deb is looking through. He goes to the closet and instantly finds a nicer one. Quinn tries to ask Deb about what just happened, but Deb asks like Quinn showed up unannounced and took advantage of her. Uh, As she pulls off in a random BMW that Deb didn't have before, uh, Quinn sees Elliot out on his lawn. Quinn talks to Elliot and asks him about how well he knew Rita. Elliot tells Quinn about the kiss. He tells him Dexter was never around. He also tells him that Dexter found out about it and punched him. Deb gets to the apartment where Dexter has just gotten Harrison to sleep. Astor and Cody have gone to a hotel with their grandparents. He tells Deb about how upset Astor was. Deb says Astor will be okay. She says Dexter needs to stop blaming himself for what Trinity did, that he couldn't stop it. Dexter's monologue says, I could have killed Arthur Mitchell the first chance I got. Or the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, like all of season four. Or just let him kill himself like that one time he tried. (laughs) Like, you you literally worked against this. Like six episodes ago. (laughs) So uh, none of you uh, walk around in someone who's recently been deceased's house naked? Nobody else does that? Just Quinn and me. I'm not recently. <laughs> Thank you, it. I've never, uh, I've never fucked a dead person's sister-in-law in their house. Oh my gosh! Right? So. I mean, come <laughs> on! It's just unbelievable. I mean, it's so just. I, mean, I don't know if it's for shock value or just because they're like, I don't know. Let's have some sex in here somewhere. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what we saw was just the aftermath. Like, we, we missed this little bit of dialogue where he was like, no, it it's ha- time. It happened on the day, and it was Desmond Harrington saying, you know, yeah. I think today might be a good opportunity for me yeah. to walk in Jay's naked. Like, Jennifer Carpenter shows up, and he's like, listen, I got a great new thing that's going to happen, and you're going to love this. Something you've probably never done in any of the other seasons. <laughs> Uh, I was just another, again, more awkwardness and, and weirdness and, yeah, all of that, the whole thing. And then it comes back to the Trinity thing, and then you're just like, wait a second, where is your head at right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what, I, Deb doesn't know what he's thinking, I don't know what he's thinking. It's just like a Dexter we've never really had to deal with before, but it's also not one that I enjoyed being presented to me well it's quinn quinn is as has just 
even himself back out to zero. Because he came over to the house, he didn't want to clean up, but he did. And he didn't, yeah, he, he did. He didn't want to fuck <laughs> Oh, man. But he did. It kind of yeah, so the two did. have canceled each other out, and so now he's just back to being a detective again. And nobody thought uh. to clean up after the sex. You know, so Dexter's got to come home to that. <laughs> and also with this nosy neighbor, how do we know he wasn't watching? I mean, I'm the sure guys... he was watching. <laughs> Probably was. I'm sure he was watching. He's all over the place. Elliot's a freak like that. I'm sure. Uh. Quinn left like a baby oil butt print on the floor. <laughs> Man, Ooh. let's get past this. Uh, the flashback to Dexter yes, and Rita's first date resumes. The waitress comments on how she wondered why Dexter had been waiting here for so long, but seeing Rita, now she gets it. The guy Dexter's following gets up and goes outside. Dexter is parked way too close to his car. He pops the trunk, M99s the guy, and puts him inside. He goes back in to talk to Rita. He says he has a stomach bug and has to leave. He whispers to Sleeping Harrison about how Dexter is toxic, and everyone will be better off without him, as Aster said. Dexter is still up with Harrison early the next morning, deleting mug shots from his computer. Dev asks what he's doing as he finishes. Nothing. Dev gives Dexter a list of things he has to do before the funeral tomorrow, including a eulogy. Dexter is making another list in his head about disposing of his tools, the shipping container, etc. Dexter goes to talk to the FBI. He tells Deb that he needs her to be there for Harrison, that he needs someone to love him. Deb says she will, but that more importantly, Harrison has his father, Dexter. She says Dexter is decent and good. Dexter says he's not. Deb repeats, you are, and hugs Dexter. Quinn asks Angel about LaGuerta's mood. Angel says, how would I know? Quinn mentions a rumor that they're married, which came out of nowhere. Angel tells Quinn to remember that LaGuerta is the boss. Quinn tells LaGuerta... What he found out about Elliot, he tells her that if it was anyone else, they'd look at the husband first. LaGuerta calls Deb. Dexter didn't show up to the FBI meeting. Deb returns to the apartment and finds a stranger feeding Harrison. She says, who the fuck are you? There you go, Aaron. <laughs> there it is. Deb, There's the F-bomb. Finally. Deb finally. calls and leaves a message with asking Dexter why he ran from the FBI. Dexter is with Rita's body. He had her dressed in what she was wearing when they first met. He tells her body that he's a serial killer, not what he led her to believe. Packs up some tools, uh, his clothes, and blood slides, and then he pours gas all over the container and sets it on fire. Dexter gets onto his boat and drives off into the distance. He says it's time he disappeared himself. Deb Calling shows up on Dexter's phone, but he ignores it. <laughs> He flashes back to later the night they met. Dexter is throwing the body parts overboard. Rita says she needs to tell him that she has two uh, kids, Aster and Cody. Dexter says that Deb already told him and about her crazy ex. Dexter says he knows and that he wants to know more. Rita tells him that he made her feel good, like things can be different. She says she's glad she called, that they didn't get a real goodbye. Dexter says goodbye, Rita Bennett. She says goodbye, Dexter Morgan. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did think that this scene was a, a nice sentiment to send her off, and you know, they got one. Yeah, they, that's the only good thing about they this. got one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so much of what you just rambled through—it's like 
Yeah, that happened. All, all of these events happened leading <laughs> us towards nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, anyway, Go I was like, him, I Chip. have nothing to say about this. Yeah, because it's just all, it's all meaningless. All of the things <laughs> he's doing is meaningless. I don't know what's going on. It's all his fault. <laughs> uh, back on the boat, Dexter says goodbye again. And then he's sorry. Dexter gasses up the boat and runs into a troublemaker inside. The guy bumps Dexter and calls him a retard. Dexter momentarily tells himself to leave it alone. Then he follows the guy into the bathroom. Dexter tells the guy he's had a bad week and that his wife died. The guy says he's sorry, but Dexter's dead wife can suck his dick. Dexter flips open the keychain. It's a rusty boat anchor. Dexter tussles with the man and then beats him to death with the anchor. Yeah, he almost got his ass kicked there. Like, the dude came at him pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wait, Dexter's just going to die in a dock bathroom somewhere in the Everglades. <laughs> they weren't going to let you off that easy. And the rest that? of the series is going to be about Quinn. <laughs> yeah. New Quinn. Who has nothing to do better. with old Quinn. Like, this... This scene uh, is one of the ones that is most noticeable about Michael C. Hall being just off chemo. Like, his lips are kind of blue. He's definitely got a wig on. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's kind of hard to watch. Um, but that's, you know, just a thought. That and the, like, the jackknife slash boat anchor. When he's just like ka-ching and this giant like mace <laughs> pops out of his hand. You don't carry okay. one around like that? <laughs> I, sh- I sure don't. God. I sure don't. You haven't lived, so. I'm not a big fan of tetanus myself. But <laughs> uh, Harry appears and tells Dexter that killing that guy is the first human thing he's done since Rita died. Dexter wails and screams in anger and frustration. Harry tells him that his family needs him and he needs them. He needs to go back. LaGuerta and Angel are waiting at the cemetery, hoping for Dexter to show up. Who knows how long <laughs> they have been there. LaGuerta <laughs> reveals that she partially gave up on Rita's case because it was too close to home with her now being married. What does that even because mean? Because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so the other people who had been married, who whose murder cases you've worked, those didn't matter. Got it. Not like, till you were married. So, so fuck Rita, basically. Because right. I'm married now. They did keep, <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> they did keep Guerta and Angel as the worst, so that's good. Like, there's some consistency. Became more the worst with that sentiment right there. That's, that's fair. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. I really liked the use of Harry. Um, the Where Dexter tells him, I thought you had left me, and he, he's like, I'm... I'm always going to be here, son. And I was like, ugh, ugh. It just hit me right in the feels. Yeah, because Harry is Dexter's conscience. He's a part of Dexter. He's not Harry. Like, he's always going to be there. The problem's been that Dexter hasn't had a conscience for the rest of the episode. That's ah. why Harry hasn't been there. And mm. it's not until killing this guy that he realizes he did something wrong and Harry shows up to talk to him about yeah, it. Uh- I did almost think that he might not be involved anymore because we hadn't seen him for so much of the episode. I was like, well, maybe James Remar got a new gig. Yeah, now Rita's going to be his his conscience. I actually did think at one point when I first watched the show they would maybe do that, honestly. I did have that thought, but that would have been worse. Yes. 
I can't understand it, Dexter. Uh, Quinn asks Deb what is more important than his own wife's funeral. He's about to tell Deb about Rita and Elliot, but Dexter pulls up in street clothes and takes Harrison. He walks back to the funeral and delivers the eulogy. Okay. Why is he doing the eulogy? Am I wrong that it would be very rare for the spouse to do a eulogy? I feel like I know a little bit about funerals. It's pretty rare. That doesn't really happen. And he, like you said, I mean, it was just perfectly delivered and rehearsed and memorized. And when did he have time? But beyond that, why is he the one even doing it? That's so weird. Yeah. I feel like we've said weird a lot this episode, but. And also, why did everyone move from the grave over to, like, greet him as a group? And then they were like, oh, glad you made it. It's only been six hours. Yeah, probably because they've been there for <laughs> so long. Do your wife's funeral. Like, they need the exercise. Yeah. They just need to walk down there and <laughs> uh, check it out. Like, so I feel like she already had a funeral service and, a you know, there was a wake and all that. And he just missed all of it out there beating that guy up with the anchor. And everybody's fine with him just appearing just in time to do the eulogy and being all done with it. Nobody has any questions. Yeah, everything's fine. This was directed <laughs> by Steve Schill, uh, who's been part of Dexter for quite a while. Um, he directed two, uh, lots of other stuff. Uh, the writer <laughs> was Chip Johansson, who is the new showrunner. Uh, he previously worked on 24, Moonlight, Millennium, and Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, he is the season five showrunner. He brought 24 collaborator Manny Cotto over as well for season five, and he wrote the premiere and finale of season five before leaving the career prior to season six, after which he became a co- and or executive producer of Homeland for seasons one through eight, which I believe is all of them so far. Um, how about the best line of this this episode, guys? I, uh, I went with the, when um, Deb asks Dexter why he didn't tell them about Rita, and he said, I just wanted them to have one more good day. I thought that was a pretty good line. Mine was uh, the uh, when he's talking to dead dead, jeez, uh, uh, dead Rita's body. I'm a serial killer. That's who I am. Yeah. Mine was between the conversation with Harry in the bathroom and uh, what he said about them having one more good day. How about the worst line of the episode? Your dead wife can suck my dick. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Oof. Well, I mean, (laughs) I had to justify the non-code killing. See if you guys can remember who said this one. I've thought about seeing her naked plenty of times, just not like this. Well, that was also Uh, my worst line, so I know who said (laughs) that one. (laughs) I didn't even write that down because I knew someone would memorialize that line. Oh, yeah. Piece of trash, Masuka is. Everybody processes things in their own way. Yeah, well. (laughs) Here's the big question. How do you not give the performance of the episode to Dexter on this one? Because we Um, have a... (laughs) We have a rule. We have a rule about it. (laughs) 
Because Dexter always gets performance of the episode, and then we pick the Chicky Hines Memorial performance of the episode. Man, he was just so good in this episode. He really was. The scene in the bathroom where he's just so raw and just screaming was, was so, just so good. But I went with Jennifer Carpenter. Yeah, I actually, I went with all of the main female leads or main <laughs> females who had lines because honestly, it was like so La Guerta. Um, yeah, yeah, La Guerta, uh, Aster, um, uh, Rita's mom, um, uh, Rita, um, uh, all of them. They were all great. I loved them all. <laughs> that was the best part. They were just so well written for this episode. I guess is what you're saying. Yeah, this was a good female episode. <laughs> I went with Deb as well. Alright. Well, it's all your <laughs> fault. Uh, thanks for helping me out with this. We're gonna make it, guys. This this gets more funny as it gets more ridiculous. So, stick with it. Uh, we'll be back for the next episode of Deeply Discussing Dexter. Deeply Discussing Dexter.